Well, welcome everybody to episode 11 from uh, the H&S podcast. And today is a very special episode. I actually have a close friend of the pod, uh, first time coming on to the show. Uh, welcome, Lynn. Thank you, thank you. This is going to be a... Uh, it's going to be an interesting podcast because there's a lot of craziness going on in the world right now. And um, I feel like uh, at the same time, I kind of want to talk about it and I don't want to talk about it at the same time, but it definitely has to be addressed. So first off, before we get into any like crazy topics or anything, since uh, it's your first time on the podcast, go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit. Just tell us about, you know, just about yourself and uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll take it from there. I bet. So thank you for inviting me, yep. first of all. And a little bit about myself. So you guys can call me Lynn. I do a lot of things in Wyandotte County. I'm always active, trying to figure out where I can create and do different things. I love the arts. Um, I looked into shit that goes into policy work to just figure out what's going on in our city, in our state. And I don't know what else should I say. I think that's good, right? Well, that and the fact <laughs> that you're like, you're very creative. And actually, you know what I feel? I, I can't think of like a better guest to have on the podcast because like earlier, I think as I showed you right before we started the podcast, I was looking at this meme and it said, you know, don't just uh don't just match my hustle, you know. Outmatch my hustle. Do better than me and inspire me to do better. You're one of those people. Every time I come yes. around, you inspire me to do something. And uh, you know, the the two words of the name of the podcast is Urban Society. So of course, what kind of brought us together, you know, we're chilling, we're you know, we're kind of kicking back. We're, uh, we're just going to have a good t- conversation, but the society part that's going to come into play over this conversation is uh, the fact that you are very very involved in society and I admire that and that's something I'm trying to do a little bit more of and this I hope is like an arm of uh of me becoming a better public speaker networking a little bit more so this you know podcast is me trying to like reach out and build a society but you as somebody who's already in it um yeah most definitely bring up your art bring up the fact that you help out you know the current county that you're living in uh yeah you know stuff like that I just I just really admired everything that you do and like right now I think, uh, don't sell yourself short, you are a good artist as well, so definitely mention that you're a good painter and you're a good muralist too, so there's that. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, you're doing a lot. Thank you. I guess I just don't, you know, when I hear you mention it or friends mention it, like, I'm just like, yeah, I guess I do that, but I I guess you never give yourself that grace that others give you, right, so. Well, I know I've been slacking. I've been slacking a lot, so every time I come around, I'm like, damn, she just outdid herself again. Like, right now, we're actually, uh looking at a badass painting that you did on your own wall and that's amazing thank you thank you yeah it makes me it makes me want to just paint more murals again because i feel like for a a little stint there in 2020 i was doing it again and then i didn't do nothing on 2021 Mm -hmm. now see you always have to get back into your art would you say that the that the pandemic that we just went through inspired you more or did you did it hinder your growth because actually from what i'm seeing i don't want to speak for you i feel like you just (laughs) kicked up and started moving i think no um yes and no yes and no it definitely did open up more doors for me to get back in tune with it and just play around with it but i think it came before that i was going through a transitioning years Mm. of my life you know we love those faces oh yeah these last couple years have definitely been something a a transition for sure yes a, a change and no, so I think that's what kind of started sparking it mm. of me always knowing that art was a safe zone for me. Uh-huh. Like as I went that we've talked about it, like there's it just means something completely different for us and just the way that we, that's good. Mm. Just, 
just the way that we like express ourselves, the way that we think, mm. the things that we just want to, the things that we create as we create, mm. right? So that was one of the ways that I started getting back into it, just knowing that I needed to get back in touch with myself. And that was my first initial thought. I didn't know what the mm. fuck was going to come out of it, but you know, it was a spot. <laughs> out, of, out of all the things that you do, what would you say your favorite is? My favorite? Yeah. Was it the art? Is it the activism? Is it the murals? Is it the spending time on yourself and just kind of fixing your zone and fixing your feng shui? Ah, man. I think just the creation. Mm. Actually, the process. I don't... The the journey itself. The journey itself. Hell yes. Because you just get so lost Mm. in that thing that it's just like, all right, I don't know where this line is going, but it's going to happen. It's going to be something. So I love that. And I think with Mm. COVID happening or the pandemic... Mm. I just had so much free time that it's like, all right, what do I do? Do I just sit on my couch mm. and eat chips or do I do something productive? <laughs> See, I felt like I started off 2020, like right in January with the mission. All right, I'm going to do this podcast. I'm going to keep it going or like, you know, because it was just like a dream. It's always been a dream of mine, but it started off in January 2020. Then the pandemic hit and I became that guy where I was like, yeah, I'm just going to sit down and do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> if, I'm being, if I'm being fair, you know, I got to give myself a little bit of credit. 2020 was my most productive music year. But 2021, I have not really done anything. You know, last year I didn't really do anything. So this year, come 2022 again, as soon as the year kicked off, I said, you know what? We gotta, we gotta take this podcast back on the road and keep the ball rolling again. So, you, I don't know. Do you, do you think? I guess the question for me is, do you think because you didn't create that much music, you didn't do much on 2021, or is it that you invested your time somewhere else? And you grew in those areas, but maybe not grew in that area. I guess I guess I'd probably go with the latter. You know, I could be very harsh on myself. It was actually in the previous podcast on the uh, that we had. I brought up. I wanted. I was curious to see what my guests' thoughts on hustle culture were, and now that that's being brought up again, I'm kind of curious to see what your thoughts on it is. Because I, I can potentially be a little hard on myself just because I'm not necessarily nurturing the the hobbies I have or the business ideas that I have. Doesn't mean that the time was necessarily wasted, exactly. but I just, I personally, <laughs> I I come from the mentality where like I, I need to be doing something. I need I need to see productivity in there because I have wasted so much time before, that now it's almost like I can't waste any more time. So you need an outcome. Yeah. Well, I'm almost like not necessarily seeking an outcome, but I'm, like the journey. You say you like the journey. I mm-hmm. feel like right now I can't let myself not have a journey. I just I fear staying stagnant. Okay. Okay. So that's yeah. why I feel like I, that's why I, f- I want to get the most productivity out of every day because otherwise I feel like I'm going to allow myself to become complacent and stagnant. Okay. I hear, I, I see what you're saying. Uh-huh. I guess, um, you know, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say you're wrong because mm. you're not because I do that mm. consistently. I think I've heard some of my friends have told me that I'm one of the people that take the most opportunities mm-hmm. possible. Which is good and bad, because mm-hmm. talk talk about hustling, right? Like, <laughs> like you're just doing it all. Like, are you doing it all? Because then, are you doing everything right? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, there's another. There's a whole other saying that says. Um, I think I might know which one. You know uh, which one? The ma- jack of all trade, master of none. Yes, but yeah. isn't there like an addition to it? I never remember it, but there's an addition to it. <laughs> there must be, but I bet it was added on by hustle culture people. Yes. <laughs> they were like, you know what? This- and that fits. Man. I like that addition. Yeah, so it was added by the hustle culture people. Because somebody did tell me that mm-hmm. once. They're like, if you try to be good at everything, then what are you the master mm-hmm. of? And, you know, it did hinder me a little bit. And I was just like, well, yeah, I guess. Like, if I try to do everything, I'm not a, a specialist on something, right? 
And give me a second. Yeah. <clears throat> somebody told me that once. That's what I was saying, right? So somebody told me that once, and it kind of hindered my thought of like, mm. oh shit, like am I doing something right? Mm. But I don't know. I I I never. I'm not just one thing. Mm. That's the thing, though. Like I think about the hustle mentality. Mm. I think it's. I like how they think. I like the creativity portion of it. I like just the fact that you're invested in everything mm. because you never know what's going to work out, right? Mm. So, and then you get to know different things of different areas and different fields. So, I don't know. I don't know if I really go with that master of none because I do feel like you do master a lot of different mm. skills. Maybe you're not a specialist, but you are hella resourceful on knowing what Very the hell true. to do or where to go. Very true. So see, because that would that would be my <laughs> argument. Because one of the one of the main inspirations for me having a bunch of different avenues, because you know I do like the podcast, I do merch, I do uh, music. I try to say that I do art still, but I haven't done that the most. I've recently bought a tattoo gun, so there's a bunch of different avenues that I've been doing. And my excuse is, you know, back in the day. Socrates could do it, and he was known for doing everything under the sun. Leonardo da Vinci did everything under the sun. <laughs> the only thing that's changing us, or that's making us different from them, is just actually doing it. Yeah. So it's like, you can, man. I mean, you might not, like you said, you might not be a master of it, but damn, if you want to do something else, you know, it's, nobody's stopping you. Yeah, and that's, yeah, no, I, I definitely live the mindset of a hustle. And the other thing that I live in the mindset of is... Uh, Moving without nobody noticing, mm. you know, moving in silence. Moving in, yeah, moving you don't have silence. to be boasting yourself. You don't have to let anybody know mm. what the hell you're doing. No. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. you know me, you know that I don't be posting nothing oh, yeah. <laughs> and just making moves here and there. True. But, um, yeah, no, it's just, we got to do different things. And there's so many different avenues to make passive income nowadays or just make something happen. It's crazy. Like- so why not? Right. I, I don't remember what song or who said it, who I heard it from. But it's like, this is America. This is a land of opportunity. This, there's a million and one ways to sell something. Mm-hmm. If you're not making a dollar, that's on you. It's yeah. like, because you just got to find find where you're good at, find what you like, or just find what... All right. The other day I was at a bar, right? <laughs> and this guy... Where's this going? <laughs> this, guy comes, this guy comes in. Uh-huh. What a hustler. He just had a tray full of mason jars. And inside the mason jars, he had a couple different things. You know, he had one of them was stacked up with cookies all the way to the top. One of them had Twizzlers. One of them had jelly beans. So I started doing the math, you know, because I'm a business guy. And as he's bringing the tray out, I'm looking. I was all right. He's definitely probably not breaking even on the jelly beans because he's over or whatever. You know, he's uh, he's losing money on that on the cookies or whatever. He's losing money on certain things because he's selling the mason jars. But on other items, he's definitely making some bank on there. But I admired the hustle, you know, so I bought I bought little cookies from him. I gave him a tip even, you know, I ended up actually getting so drunk that I left the mason jar on the table. So, oh, wow. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know, right? I just, remember, I, you know, I remember that as I was driving away that day. But uh, I respect the hustle. So there's like, there's a thousand different ways to get, you know, money out there. Like our people, you know, we come from, from Latinos and, you know, Hispanic cultures, entrepreneurs, you know, they, yeah. you know, they're out here, you know, even from the stereotypes where, you know, they're out there, the paleteros are selling oranges or selling elotes, selling flowers to the ones who are like a little bit more sophisticated and they're out there, you know, trying to gang up, get a you know group of people to help them out in their construction company or tile or whatever. Our people are not, you know, we're they don't not quitters. Around, we're not know? quitters, man. We, we're about getting the bag. We're about you know doing whatever we got to do to a provide for ourselves and b to just help out the community because at the end of the day little jobs like that you know they do provide happiness and resources and like a finished product to somebody mm-hmm. who didn't need it 
Hello. It's like being a hustler is not a bad thing, you know. You just I Damn. admire hustlers. No. I admire the hustle culture. <laughs> I admire our people who who made it here. Like, man, oh. you know, you know who? My bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, you know who that brought to mind? What? Like, let's talk about our people right now. Let's yeah. celebrate someone. El Torito. Oh, like, man. oh my God! I don't the, know if you... <laughs> the expansion that they have done to Central. And not only Central, I don't know if you know, but um, or you know the history about it. Maybe mm. we talked about it before. Later. But I don't know if you remember that they started just with one of that like spaces mm. in that little strip that like they had little... in La Catorce uh-huh. in the 14th Street in Central. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. They just had that one little piece, mm-hmm. and then they added on the other piece, and the then soup. they got the whole uh-huh. fucking building. And across the street, you know? <laughs> well, the across the street was last year, but uh-huh. before they did the across the street, you know, they expanded out to Topeka and Wichita. I didn't know that. There's a Torito down wow. there in both of those locations, and damn, I think they they're they might have tried to do other locations, uh-huh. but now with the restaurant uh-huh. that they still have, so they have the restaurant. You guys think about this, like they have the restaurant. They have the chain of tiendas, uh-huh. and the tiendas has a panaderia and then has another restaurant in it. They have a carniceria in it, and not only that, they're the the owner. Uh-huh. The owner, you know, there wasn't a trucking. I don't know organization. I don't know what is the actual word. So uh-huh. excuse me. I apologize if I'm saying this completely wrong. Uh-huh. But there wasn't a chain of truckers that went down to Mexico to get the spices or XYZ things to bring back to mm. Kansas. Guess what they did? No way. They, you know how they those trucks come chain? out yeah. on the side? And yeah. it's so fucking annoying. <laughs> yeah, because they're parking right there in the yeah. middle of the street. And it's like, what the hell? They but created they, their but chain. they created their own supply chain. They created their own supply chain. That so is, that is brilliant. That's more income. That's Right? That's not, Look at all the people that they're employing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The the families that have now authentic Mexican food at lower prices, you know, where they can, it's just to in me, their community. Oh, to me, I love it. And because I admire them so much, mm-hmm. now that they have the restaurant, they made it a drive through. Who else Wait, in Central what? Avenue has no that? No way. Yes. That, that's <laughs> new to me. That is new to me. They are making money left and right. Hey, I, every, I, admire, I admire the hustle. Yep, every step. I'm just like, I man. I don't know all that. I look, at their, I look at their plan all the time, their business, and I'm just like, damn. I mean, I don't have their business plan, but uh, I look at what they're like how done. they're doing and how they're, how they're moving. Yep. It's, just, it's, it's, it's genius. It's so genius. They're, they, in a way, because back when our parents lived here, because I remember living off of Bethany. I, I lived in the apartments uh, right there by Bethany Apartments. They're mm-hmm. right there by the hospital or whatever. Um, Central was kind of just run down a like little a bit. Like a ghost town. Yeah, it was a ghost town. It was like it was no, scary. not really a couple of insurance <laughs> offices, maybe like you know, a little. Everything was boarded up. Yeah, it was just very, it was different. There was and, no lights. <laughs> and the way that I see what, what our our community has done to, to Central and this whole area, it's like not gentrified it, but like we reclaimed it it's like not reclaimed it but it's like we we just owned it we're like you know what fuck it if yeah. you guys are gonna run it down we'll build it up yep and we did like look and, at look at every business going down central yeah. avenue and how that has changed and the economic opportunities that it has brought to our community yeah no i, I, I love everything about it I, mm-hmm. our people are just i mean we're not we, quitters we're innovators we're, we're entrepreneurs we're hustlers it's it in us brings thousands of people every year now with the dot fat Thoughtversity and mm-hmm. Dia de los Muertos. If y'all haven't checked it out, check it out. I need to get more involved. <laughs> I need to. I need to do more like car shows, more uh, you know, Hispanic holidays, and you know, just y'all missing out if you're not doing it. 
Yeah. And the fucking food. I need, I need to get more. <laughs> so one of the things, one of the things that I, I'm getting involved in, or I'm hoping to get involved in, is in two weeks on March nineteenth. I believe it lands on a Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. There's gonna be a cannabis expo mm-hmm. at the Hyvee Center. I might be wrong. It might be at the. Oh. It might be. But I want to go and I want to try to get like a little street team of people that are you know with it with the cause, create like a little flyer and. Um, Hand some stuff out because I have a whole bunch of business cards and on the back, you know, it has a little barcode. People can scan it, go to the website, maybe fix the website up in these next two weeks before we go. But I feel like that'll be a brilliant opportunity to network and bring people onto this podcast that focuses at least partly on the herb part of its influence on culture and society, and really get to start, you know, start talking to people who are already established and already, you know, having products launched and you know are, are you know moving, moving and shaking already. Mm-hmm. So that's. Cause that's a whole another economy that's, system right yeah. there, and honestly, you guys, there's some people out there that have their shit together. So, they to, ready? We need to go. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that would be a great business opportunity, and and let's be honest, like this whole urban society thing, it started off with a little team, but it's really just kind of me taking the torch and leading it forward. Cause you know, I don't I don't have too too much help, so. You know, I know it's two weeks away. I don't know how many podcast episodes are going to be released from here till then. But if anybody's, you know, interested in going with me, helping and being part of the street team and expanding this, I'm more than, you know, willing to build a network and just, you know, help help other people get on here as well. I'll help promote their their businesses, what they're doing, which at the same time, you know, just help me get more people to talk to because I feel like that's important. You know, I feel like that's probably the culture. You know, what's funny. All right. <laughs> so earlier in this podcast, we were, you know, a couple minutes ago, we were talking about our Hispanic culture. This is something that I feel like is going to be a very interesting conversation to have with you. I, growing up, felt like I had a very detached uh, sense of community. Like, I didn't feel like I belonged to the Hispanic community. I didn't feel like I was accepted by the Hispanic community. And it just, it's, it's a very weird position to have because I have the complexion of a, you know, of a English person, of a white man. A widow. A widow. <laughs> I'm a widow. I have green eyes. My hair gets all curly and it looks kind of Jewish. So people assume I'm Jewish or something. So, you know, it, it was very different. My experience in our own community, in our own society was very different than I imagine other people, you know, because like. I have a sister who's very dark skinned. I have cousins who are very dark skinned and the way that they were treated even amongst ourselves, you know, it was like with the Hispanics, more open, more, you know, they more friendly, start talking to you, blah blah blah. And with the white people and, you know, other people a little bit more, you know, a sense of, you know Reserved and stuff. Yeah, yeah. more reserved, you know, more So it's like with me it was kinda of way different. I feel like my my personal point of view in life has been very unique. And almost, I don't know, even to this day, like, I'm, I'm I'm covered in a bunch of tattoos for anybody who doesn't, who hasn't seen what I look like. And it's just, uh, I don't know what I did to myself, you know? It's almost <laughs> like I created a preconceived judgment that uh-huh. people would have upon seeing me. And then upon getting to know me, they'd be like, oh, this guy's, I don't know what I judge. Because, you know, some people joke around on my day job outside of this podcast, people, um, some people at work, you know, because I deal with a lot of, uh, you know, businessmen. We deal with, you know, products and stuff like that. So some people come around and they've said jokes, which, you know, jokes are always, you know, a little bit of the truth disguised just to break the ice. And they would say like, oh, what are those prison tats? What gangs are you in? Stuff like that. So it's just Damn. like, I know, I know people. Would ignorance. Think, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know that the ignorance is there and I know people might think. So it's like, wow, what did I do to myself? Maybe it's like a... But- 
No, no, my a, bad. A subconscious way that I guess feel the judgment that I imagine my people went through. I don't know. I guess like I guess that's a way of seeing it, mm-hmm. and I get I get I hear what you're saying of seeing it that way. Mm-hmm. But in my head, I'm just like. Isn't that a reflection of that person, too? If True. they're having if those they're assumptions still, yes. and that ignorance, you yeah. know? Like, do I really want to fuck around with that person? True. I don't know. Because, like, man, what are those prison tats? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what the Shit, I'm going to have to educate you, bro. <laughs> like, that's a lot of education right there. Oh and God. It's a lot of time. I don't know. I just... I think over the years mm-hmm. and through the work that I've done, I just don't have time for that type of mentality. Because mm-hmm. there's this um, verse on the Bible. I don't know exactly where, y'all, so my bad again. Mm-hmm. But... It's like, it says, don't talk to deaf ears. Like, don't waste mm. your breath on deaf ears. And that's the thing that I really took into to heart. I'm mm. just like, all right, if I see that this that's person's not going to change their mind, mm. why the hell am I going to waste my breath and time and mentality, mm. um, energy to be right there trying to convince somebody who won't understand? Mm. You know what I mean? And that goes into so many different things. But no, I... That's what yeah. I'm like saying. When I think mm. about it, I'm and then I read the four agreements, which I recommend to everybody. What is it? <laughs> the four agreements. Okay. Um, they talk about not taking anything personally, mm. and that's the thing when somebody's judging me, and I had to learn mm. it the hard way because we talked about mm. like different titles and imposter syndrome and all these different things. So, yeah, when somebody's making an assumption or has an opinion about me, mm. I really do not let it get to me. I'm just like, all right, thank you for letting me know something that I did not ask you for. Yeah. But <laughs> right. thank, cool. Thank you for showing me your perspective. Yeah. yeah. So that's the type of person you are. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No. I don't know if I'll, I'll fuck around with you or waste my time mm. going further. Now, it's not that I won't treat, that mm. I will treat you bad or I'll treat mm. you like, you know, like... It's just now I know where you're coming from. Yeah. And it's... Yeah, and I don't have to scope to their mm-hmm. level. So it doesn't mean that no, I have to be meeting them mm-hmm. where they're at. See, I had to learn that early on that just the perspective thing, you know, people are only coming at you from where, like their perspective, which is kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, getting back to what I was saying a minute ago, like my perce- my perception on life, the things that I experience are very different than the things other people experience. But because of that, I still feel like I'm very, very understanding. And for somebody to come up and say some <laughs> stupid shit, I understand where they might be coming from, so I'm able to kind of have that conversation or discussion. Yeah, yeah. Or, or that, or that, you know, <laughs> you acceptance. Know? I'm like, ah, whatever. I'll accept you as who you are. It's like you're just not everybody's blessed with that skill. <laughs> right? it's like you're just coming from another. No, not. But yeah, again, there's just yeah. You're saying it right. Everybody has their strengths, and everybody has things that they're mm-hmm. like, nope, that's my limit. Mm-hmm. And I hear what you're saying coming from different. Um, like how you brought up, different right? Yeah, yeah, different backgrounds. I I still question what my culture really mm-hmm. is because I'm from Guatemala, right? Mm-hmm. But I was brought to the U.S., mm-hmm. raised here, and there was a lot of, like there was a lot of Mexican influence. Mm-hmm. It was just that's the culture that's around it here, KC. So I grew up with Mexican influence. Mm-hmm. So is it like is it Guatemalan influence? Is it Mexican influence? It's like a U.S. Like, influence. What culture am I reflecting right now? Yeah, yeah and I, I don't know you. if I particularly say like I'm tied to mm-hmm. either because mm-hmm. it's just a mix of everything. But it's just society. It's, it's just... yeah, it is society. So it's it's hard because yeah, um, you know, stereotypically everybody's mm-hmm. like she's Mexican mm-hmm. and. No, <laughs> you know, I'm not Mexican, but then I have to explain that and then get mm. into that. And I've had to learn even how mm. to be, how to communicate that well, because mm. I didn't used to always. 
Did you come it, on standoffish before? Like, oh, yes, I was very defensive. Like, very, like, prideful of, like, yes. your actual country. It's like, no, 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 don't get it twisted. Yes. I am not Mexican. I'm from yes. my, my <laughs> so, I was very defensive, uh, very, like, oh. Yeah, but, I had a close friend who was from El Salvador, and don't call him Mexican. He'll stab you. He'll stab you. It's just, you know, there's... <laughs> yeah. But I think I had to learn how to be like, all right, I don't have to be defensive mm-hmm. with everybody, mm-hmm. you know? And I could have a discussion about this instead of... Coming off the way that I come off. Especially in your position. I imagine that that's coming up a lot, you know. Yeah. Especially because, if I'm not mistaken, you're one of, like, the leading Hispanic roles, right? Like, you're, it's still a fresh, what would you say, a representation to a minority that this, a lot of those people still haven't really interacted with. So, it's mm-hmm. like, you know. And still, and I mean, we do interact uh-huh. with it, but we still don't, you know, normalize that mm-hmm. type of language. We're still... Figuring out all the other labels that we mm. throw out there, the many different things you know, that I, we call I can't ourselves. Wait. So I think it's just it's hard. So I get what you're mm-hmm. saying. It's just different upbringing. Um, I still have to correct people up to mm. today. I still have to figure out like in various work environments. You know, like I worked in an all like pretty much heavily Mexican mm. Chicano influence mm. environment, and I continuously have to be like. Latinos, uh, you know, yeah. like Hispanics. Like remember, yeah. y'all we're not all Mexicans, yeah. but. Um, it did help me learn how to talk about it before because it wasn't until like people were just like, so do you not like Mexicans? I'm like, no, no, that that was never the point. But I could hear how it was heard like that because I was so defensive about it, you know? I find it very interesting how the wave started a couple years ago and it just keeps rippling out, rippling out. Mm -hmm. I wonder how long it's going to take for like, you know, Latino culture to be as influential to society as a whole, the way... Hell you know, yes. like black culture and hip hop has dominated from like the eighties to now. Because a lot of my a lot of my cousins, even myself, I could say that I'm the way I dress, kind of certain slang that I use. It's very influenced by like black culture and hip hop mm-hmm. culture. So it's like even then, it it adds even more to like the loss of identity or like the the sense of confusion of like the mixing pot of identities. So, but I'm curious to see when when we're gonna finally take over. You know, put the Latin flag. I feel like Bad Bunny and J Balvin. They're taking the torch, and they they're are. Really fucking, they're they really, really close. are. They they're really close. Are. Honestly, I will say that they're they made a tremendous change just through our whole way of like how we're viewing mm-hmm. stuff. But you're right. I do. I'm waiting to hear yeah. that from us because you're completely a hundred percent right. And if we really find our voice, y'all, like we're gonna take over, oh, yeah. and we're gonna be so powerful. And people know this. Mm. They're just waiting to see if we're going to wake up. Well, I will... Y'all... I'm going I'm I'm to put saying. it out here right now on the podcast. <laughs> like, Give, being that I'm, I'm a Latino with a podcast that's centered around, you know, half herb, half society. My goal is to get Cheech Marin, one of our biggest <laughs> Hispanic stoner icons on this podcast at one point. And Burner, I got to respect Burner, what he's doing with the cookies brand. And he's pushing not only the dispensaries but the lifestyle and the sense of community he's building a whole you know and we, and you, we just got to give him credit for that you know he's one of our big uh you know forerunners in the in the herb community for latinos you know he's, he's doing it we also got um homie from cypress hill what's his name be real you know so there's a lot of people out there and you know that um i'm hoping that i if i do end up going to that to the expo and then two weeks that we can potentially network with a lot of, you know, influential, you know, Latinos, movers and shakers in the herb community. Because I feel like I, I don't know, I don't know of any right now. 
And I would love to start networking and, you know, meeting those people and having them on the podcast and supporting their products and all kinds of stuff, you know? Yeah, I think you said it right. We got to support one another, start shutting one another Mm -hmm. out. Like, that's the way that we grow, y'all. Like, Mm -hmm. who else is going to have our backs? True. You know, we have to be able to create that that community. Mm -hmm. And again, look at the black community. They're a great example Mm -hmm. of what could be, what could we bring? What 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 camaraderie is capable of? You know, exactly catapulting not only the mm-hmm. culture but like economically and all the all these mm-hmm. business opportunities that are now opened up you know it's it's yeah. amazing and we gotta get it together and, and let's be honest, let's be honest. <laughs> we gotta get it together <laughs> let's be honest i feel like latino culture hispanic culture i feel like that's it's right up there it's like number two it's, it's like up, number two it's like up. we're not fully accepted but, we're not but, there we, yet. but we know we know we know that's what we everybody really likes like our food our hot sauce our you music, know, our music, our style. Our, yeah, exactly. So it's like we know what y'all really like. You just gotta <laughs> tell the world, you know, tell the world Latinos is in. Actually, I was reading this. Uh, I saw this thing that was like it was about Japan and how Japan has a like a lowrider community, a Chicano mm-hmm. community, and they walk around oh, wearing yes. Dickies and Cortezes and stuff. That's so gangster, yo. If any of you Japanese guys are dressed like cholos or listening to this, shout out, come on the pod. I feel like that is that's amazing because like. There's so many different cultures that we're... I don't know how I feel. We can embrace. Yeah, there's so many different cultures we can embrace and learn from each other and yeah, that's, show show homage to one another. You mm-hmm. know, it's... That's what I was going to say. And then together, we're going to be so much powerful. Like, oh, yeah. Y'all. But we ain't there yet. I no, don't know. I mean, the world's still <laughs> mad at each other. I mean, not to get on a hot, sensitive topic right now, but we got, you know, Ukraine and Russia still fighting with each other. It's, it's like, crazy. oh, some days it feels like world peace is not... It's not, you know, achievable. Attainable. Attainable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it was just about a just about a hit. When is the hit? I think it's after an hour. Okay. Okay. But yeah. <laughs> oh man. But even then you could like restart it. But yeah, sometimes it feels like world peace isn't isn't attainable and a lot of people like to spew that, oh, it's more violent now than ever. But actually, you know, the world's more peaceful now than it's ever been. You know, before we got to imagine... I was actually having this conversation with my cousins, not to go off on a tangent, the other day when we were at the bar. And we were thinking how different our lives were compared to, like, our grandparents, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I come from, like, like we're, like we've been saying, you know, Latinos and stuff. So our my parents, my grandparents were in Mexico, you know, they, they were raised with, you know, pisos, you know, made of dirt, you know, grounds made of dirt. And outhouses, and they had to go all the way out to the yard to use the restroom and the water and all that stuff. And I now imagine what their grandparents, and then how far that removed from us is it really? It's like, man, the simple fact that we're still here on this planet, like we owe it to our ancestors and the lineage of people and all those different experiences that they must have gone through to get to us. Our heritage. Our heritage is insane. Mm-hmm. Like, I. I think I have a, as I get older, I'm definitely having a more of a sense of appreciation for it all. And uh, I'm curious to see, I wonder if there's like a mushroom trip strong enough for me to see <laughs> through my great, 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 great grandfather's oh, eyes. Oh, man. That'd Can be you amazing. Imagine? Like, oh, yeah. No, there, there, I just had a thought there, but. <laughs> like, oh, man, like. I did an energy reading once, uh, and, you know, I was kind of hesitant because. I come from a spiritual background mm-hmm. and everything, y'all. So I was like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this thing that I don't know if it's right. But I did it. You know, I was like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm curious. 
And they did this energy reading where they told me that um, I can see seven generations ahead of me and there's seven Whoa. generations behind me. Or right. I can't tell you guys word by word, but uh-huh. right now that you said like a shrimp trip, I'm over here thinking like, oh like my God, what reading. about it? That's my, <laughs> that's what it that's was. my trip. <laughs> yeah. Yo. Like see, I, I, I wish I could like, like just <laughs> speaking on my last name alone, you know, I don't necessarily uh, want to give it away here. I might give it away. You know, I guess it's on my business cards, anyways. Alarcon, right? I heard that that comes from from Spain, and so obviously, like, great, you know, at least four generations back were from Spain. But then the name itself was a they changed the word, but the original word's Persian or something like that, or it's Jewish Hmm. or something like that, and it comes from somewhere else. It's like to see the story, you know, to see our our ancestors, our great 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 grandfather, our great 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 grandmother. I don't know, just like a day in their life. Like, I, I, I just, where was it? In a castle, in a shack, in a mm-hmm. in a hut? Like, my cousin was telling me that his great-grandpa, I think, or grandpa, when he was growing up, he had to sleep in a hole. So he would dig a hole in the ground, and he had to just get in there with a, you know, with a cobija, with a blanket. And that was the way that Shit. they slept. And I was like, that's not that far removed from us. That's crazy. Like, our yeah. grandparents, my grandma's still, still alive. You know, God bless her heart. I actually have to reach out to her now that I think about it. But my grandma's still alive. She's about to hit her 90s, I believe. To yeah. think the change that they have seen. Like, we're making a podcast right now on an iPad. That's which not would have been, like... Which would have been inconceivable 30 years ago. Yep. Yep. Now imagine That's what they crazy. grew up in and what their parents grew up in. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just... It's, it's a whole other world. It's a whole other world. Like, mm-hmm. we, we are so blessed to be here. It's, it's crazy. And we owe it to our people. You know, we owe it to, to not forget about them. The road that was to keep the names alive. Mm -hmm. The road that was laid before Mm -hmm. us. No, hell yes. I I resonate with a lot of the things that you just said right now. Even with just looking back at the stories, I I think about my family and my dad's story too. I literally was Mm -hmm. just talking to him about it today because with the work that I do and the projects that I do, ironically, he started a project years back. Mm That he had no idea and we had no idea what it was going to develop into. And me as a teenager, I'm like, I was out there showing up Mm -hmm. again, really not understanding, but knowing that I had to show up. And then here I am years later and he left that work because he had to leave. Mm -hmm. Right. But then I come back and now I'm like helping the work that's he started Mm -hmm. at one point, you know, and it's crazy because I didn't have that. I didn't realize that connection until. I started talking about it with the leaders there. Mm. And then they started asking more questions. And I'm like, wait, is this what my dad did back then? And, you know, it was connecting the dots. But just looking at the backgrounds and backgrounds of my family and just the traits that I have, mm. it's, it goes back to, like, there are certain things that we bring to the table that it was not only built by us. It was several generations that built it's that voice and that skills. and How- yeah. How much do you believe in like uh, what do they call it? Like generational memories, or like you oh. know, like memories ingrained in your DNA from the past? Because like I was hearing, oh, I never heard of that. Okay, Tell me more. Chase, chase, chase. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So I was I was listening to a podcast earlier that was talking about it, and they were saying, why do you think kids are afraid of animals or like afraid of monsters? Because back in the day, we did have to run from monsters, tigers, animals, snakes. So it's like mm. that fear is naturally ingrained in us to be afraid of something because before we did have those natural predators. So it's almost like ingrained DNA, you know, and like we can see it in animals, how an animal's born and they don't get taught to walk, bark, eat, 
they're just naturally doing it. So it's like the same in us. Are our fears, our desires, like you said, like without even knowing you're following your father's footsteps and in the same line of work with the same passion, same drive, same direction, could that be a like a DNA memory, a DNA program? I don't know. I don't know. I'm shook. <laughs> I need to process that. Wow. I, you know, I've heard about generational mm. trauma and I guess this could kind of tie into it in a way, but in, how, by no means can mm. I be the person that describes or even defines what generational trauma is. Uh, my friends would mm. know, you know, which friends would be able to talk about But, um, that's crazy. No, I mean, it could be, even just thinking, if we carry generational mm-hmm. trauma, there is a possibility that we can carry those generational traits too. Like generational aspirations, generational dreams, you know, like. I mean, in one way or another, we do seek for that. Like there is, you know, when we talk about in our situations, when we talk about, or I guess personally my situation, because I can't assume, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my parents were seeking out that American dream, and that's mm-hmm. something that I continue to. Not that I seek for it, and not that I'm like, oh, I believe in the American mm. dream type thing. Like, that's my vision or definition. But I do continuously, I'm like, taking every mm. opportunity that I can and making sure that I am good as I can mm. be in that sense. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Now you've asked, mm. I have, I'm going to have to think about that. I'm a little shook. I'm curious <laughs> to ask, like, what if... I feel like I, I guess I, if, if anything, this podcast is making me reflect more on like my culture, my people, my, my grandparents, hey. even like my close heritage. <laughs> and I almost kind of want to ask my grandparents what their dreams are, or what they were, you know, like, because we're so different from the people that, like, I don't know, like, even my own dreams have kind of changed from when I was younger, but at the same time, not really, because I feel like when I was a kid, probably like early teenager years, I was doing, you know, videos and I would I remember making little stop motion videos and I would shoot movies and then at the same time I still have the same dreams and stuff so like the dreams never really go away I'm almost curious to see what like what our parents really wanted to do because what they had to do was come out here and just bust ass and work you know to provide a living for us yeah but what did they really want to do huh you know yeah like what were their aspirations yeah, like their what, goals even their... now because like I bet you know they they have their lives they're kind of doing what you know what they're doing now, like the what you know, whatever life has them doing. But I bet they probably still think you know they have dreams and aspirations and probably would like to do. So. I don't know. Just if anything, this is making me think that I gotta gotta reach out to my people a little bit more because I know what my cousins want to do. I know what my brothers want to do. What my sisters want to do. But I guess I kind of lost interest in having interest in what the adults want to do, and that's very important because we wouldn't be here without them. Yeah. That's. I mean, now you got me thinking. Yeah, this has been a very, it's been a very <laughs> reflective. Like, okay, well, damn. This has been a very reflective <laughs> podcast. I mean, because like you said, you know, my parents came here to chase the American dream. Well, actually, my dad, from the story that I know, and I'm not going to get too deep into my dad's thing because it also ties into some of the trauma, like you were talking about generational trauma. <laughs> yeah. Well, from what I know, my dad was a, a vagabond. You know, uh, from when he after he graduated high school. A what? A vagabond. A vagabond. Like, what a, what? like a homeless guy, like the people who willingly want to just travel, a hitchhiker. Okay. okay. But like not a hitchhiker because he's not asking for rides. Okay. He's just like riding trains and just getting by. You know, he's not. I don't know. Like I don't no, know. If that's no, the right no. word. Vagabond. Like, yeah, I I know. I I just I never heard that word. It's kind of cool to say about Vagabond. <laughs> <laughs> well, from from what my mom tells me, you know, and I, I I guess I'd have to ask him again because this is probably years ago. Because like I said, I haven't really talked to him too much. 
from what I understand, right after high school, my dad kind of, he wanted to be in a band. He was fucking around with music, which is funny because that ties back into the generational thing because I do music and I've wanted to be in a band since out of high school. But then for a while, he just hitchhiked. And he literally went all the way from Los Angeles, California down to, I think, Durango, Durango, Mexico. Mm-hmm. Just hitchhiking. He didn't have a job. He would just get by doing little jobs here and there, washing dishes, blah, 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 helping people out on their farms. And he made it all the way down there, and that's how he met my mom. So I know, and I've accepted the fact, you know, all these years later, that I was an accident baby. You know, I was kind of, I kind of forced them, <laughs> I forced them together, you know. Yeah. And um, an accident. And, no, baby. and it's no problem. It's no yeah. problem. You know, I feel like I feel the like the way you said it, though. <laughs> I know, and I accept it. I accept it. I accept that I'm an accident baby. Life probably could have gone a whole another direction. Probably better for them had I not been here. But I'm here now, world. So now you get urban society, you know. But like. He was he was on that wave, you know, and that, and I feel like I have that same desire. Like I kind of want to be a little vagabond and go out and travel. So I'm kind of curious to see what his his thing was. But then like my mom, like my mom got pregnant all of a sudden with this guy who was just hitchhiking. Like what did she want to do? You yeah, know? I mean, life is crazy, you know. But then they came here and just had to work and bust ass. And all these years later, they settled they settled in Kansas City. It was cheap to live here. They you know raised us. We went through the education system. We graduated the education system. Became intelligent. Uh, became you know, intelligent. <laughs> intelligent little entrepreneurs, you know, out here trying to do something. And uh, now we're just sitting here reflecting on what our parents went through and what, what we're going to do. Yeah. We're still fairly young. Yeah, we still are. And we still have a lot. The cool thing about us is that we're a good mix of understanding mm-hmm. what it was and what it is mm-hmm. now. Like, we can still catch up to all the virtual technologies versus... You know, our older mm. generations are still having difficulty. Well, cause you met... All right. So, we, you know, we're like yeah. a great mix. Because our younger generations are mm. like, what the fuck are they thinking? Like, why do they not understand it? Mm. Versus us, where we're like, okay, we get it. Because mm. we also were introduced to the virtual mm. world in our early years. Yeah, because like, we were born into the analog age. Yep. But then oh my transitioned God. into the digital <laughs> world. Oh, my like, God. Our, our, it's, just, it's so funny to think about all those noises that they put out. When they're like the '90s babies and oh. all this stuff, it's just like, damn. You never played games on a floppy disk before? I don't think like so. A, what do you mean? Maybe I like did. Like Oregon Trail? No, I didn't. But I remember it was on the school computers uh, or yeah. something. Yeah, we played yeah. Oregon Trail. I remember we had that. I can't remember what other ones we had. That shit was kind of boring though. After a oh, while. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is prim- <laughs> this is primitive games. Like, were, did you ever play those games like Cool Math in like elementary school, or middle school? You never oh, went no, to Cool. Me of it. How about Mini Clip? It's because you've always been, you've always been in society, like you've always been active doing other stuff and not fucking around on the computer, which is what I admire. See, I wasted a lot of time growing up. I played things called like Mini Clip, mm-hmm. which is just like a website that had like a bunch of random games. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember going to like visiting certain websites, but like which one? Like cool. Disney. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you like know. Disney games and stuff like that? Yeah. Damn, they were early on on the internet stuff, huh? Because they had games yeah. from the jump. Hannah Montana and all that. Oh, they did. But there was other shit that was out there, too, that like we were JavaScript able to play. Like JavaScript games? Yeah. hmm I remember playing a lot of Lara, Lara Croft. On the computer? Yeah. <laughs> I love that shit. What was the last system you've owned? Or actually, do you own a system at all? Um, the Wii U, but it's been years. Hmm. I won. I won the switch. Okay. But yeah, I played around. <laughs> See, I, was I more, played around. I played around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm more like uh, more hands on. More like I like doing more music, more art, stuff like that. You know, I think the last system I had was probably the PS2. Though there was a little bit 
in like 2013, 14 maybe, where I played Minecraft a lot. Mm-hmm. That's because, you know, Minecraft is kind of similar to Sims. And I like Sims because you get to like build create your character, build your house up. Yeah. Like I've always had like more of a, a leaning towards those games, like Roller Coaster Tycoon, City Tycoon, Sims. Like the building. The building, the building and the huh. controlling. You know? That's cool. Now, I've always been into Mario games, like the whole mm-hmm. Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So, like, my parents used to own a game store in Guatemala. That's dope. So, I remember yeah. that we used to get all these, like, different <clears throat> consoles and then different games. And we could, like, play them out. Because mm-hmm. you could... It was those places that you could give, like, I don't know, a couple cents or a dollar. Mm-hmm. And you can play any game there type thing. Like, but almost they have, like, like an systems, arcade. though? Like, Nintendo yeah. 64 and stuff? Yeah, because my parents used to own um, stores uh-huh. in Guatemala. So, I remember that we... We had that, so I've always been into like Mario games. Mario Party mm. is my favorite, <laughs> you know. Who's your, your go-to character? Oh, uh, I'm gonna say it wrong. Luigi and Joshi, is that how you pronounce it? Uh, y- or Joshi? Joshi. I know the I little, always say green, it wrong. The little green. Look. Yeah. <laughs> until that. <laughs> yeah. Until that. Now. Okay. But or Toad, but Toad. I. I love all those characters. Or the racing ones. Yeah, Yoshi's tight. Hate Rainbow Road, y'all. Fuck Rainbow Road. <laughs> Fuck Rainbow that Road. It's just... And when you're late trying to do Rainbow oh, Road, yeah. that's just not okay. No, no. And nowadays, they, they go ham on that Rainbow Road. Possible <laughs> psychedelics play Rainbow Road on a big screen? Oh, hell no. That's... Okay, yeah. have you have you ever played VR? Oh, the... The VR goggles? Yes, yes. A friend has it in. That was, that was some other stuff. It's crazy, isn't it? I like this word one that has, like, a dancing game. Uh-huh. I don't know. And you have to, like, slice stuff. Okay, you <laughs> might like... You might like this... Uh, there's a certain app called... Graphics VR, I believe. And you get in it, and, like, your hands are paintbrushes. And you just paint in it. Oh, Except you paint that'd the 3D be cool. World. So, like, you, you know how those little controllers have, like, toggles? Mm-hmm. So, let's say I'm painting right here. And then I hit the toggles, and I, like, push it back. So then you can like see it in front of you. You're like, hmm, okay. Then you can like drag it back in and keep painting, or you can push it back and then just paint in this now in front of you. Mm-hmm. So then if you toggle it and move it, then you paint it like a three dimensional thing. So what I've done is I've started making like three dimensional sculpture paintings, and That's I want cool. and I want to see if there's a way for me to sell them to the metaverse. To the what? To the metaverse. What is that? Like, like uh, well, everybody has one. So there's, like, chat VR. There's a... Fuck. I can't remember the name of the of the one that Facebook launched. But it's, like, you log in with your Facebook profile, and it's almost... Like, you remember... All right, this is the silliest way to, to, to compare it. But you remember Clump Penguin? It's, like, a virtual world. Everybody just kind of walk around Minecraft, RuneScape. Not Minecraft, RuneScape and stuff like that. No, I guess I, guess I never interacted yeah, with never, that. You, okay, <laughs> so, okay, so these were all, like, precursors to this. Uh-huh. Like, just online communities... Via avatar. Okay. So you're okay. just an avatar. You're a control. You're a little image. It's almost like if your uh, your Snapchat Bitmoji mm-hmm. was in this world, and now you're controlling this world with the other Snapchat Bitmojis, and everybody's okay. a real person. Okay. 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 So okay. what what they do is the guy who created the server, he builds this house. He can three D render this house, and then you just get loaded into this house, and then everybody's talking or meeting in this house. So what I want to do is I want to sell a three D sculpture to the guy who rendered the thing, and be like, hey, render my image and your thing, and just pay me like. Blah, 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 you know. Damn, you literally can make money out of anything nowadays. Anything. <laughs> wow, I Rendering mean... Rendering a 3D sculpture and selling it to the metaverse. Like a 3D pencil. And just be like, hey, just a 3D pencil, just render it right there on the table. Yeah, I mean, damn. It's okay. crazy, right? No, yeah. I, again, I didn't know that existed. So, so, going back to like, 
we're not really going to get into that, mm-hmm. you know, because we come from the analog age and we're mm-hmm. kind of dipping our toes into the digital age, but we kind of understand the balance. Our youth, though. They're in it. That's all they know. That's what they've grown up with. So can you imagine all the, the different opportunities and stuff? I heard that there's concerts that you can go to now and like the concert at the con- at the real concert, they'll have like two cameras maybe in the front row and it has, you know, VR all around. So then you and the VR headset can just att- buy tickets to attend that concert and you're in your living room in the front row. That's crazy. That's Damn. nuts, right? Yeah, that is nuts. Can you imagine how much more they're going to expend out the did, next generation? Well, did you ever read yeah. the book um, Fahrenheit 451? I think everybody yes. reads it, right? Yes. Okay, you remember, Sumner made us read it. Yeah, Sumner made us read it. <laughs> you remember uh, that in that book, he was talking about, like, I, f- I forget what it's called, but... It's the world where, like, the lady goes into, and it's, like, all around. Every single wall is it, and then it's, like, the friends or whatever, her friends or whatever it's called. And she's just in that world. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, like, a precursor to VR? I guess so, yeah. The same way he kind of predicted the the ear, the head, uh, wireless earbuds. And he mm-hmm. said everybody had, like, ear uh, ocean shells in their ears. You know what that reminded me of? I what? mean, no, yeah, like it's it's just so eerie because now it's reminding me of Black Mirror. Like I'm like, oh man, right? everything that they're like predicting. It's I mean, exactly where we're. I going. think that's what is that's why it's so scary or eerie because we know that that mm-hmm. is very much possible. Well, I mean, damn, that's kind of scary. Know, I don't know if you know about this, but not, and I'm not bashing. I'm just stating, you know, like a fact. Did you know that China is uh, experimenting with a social credit score? So no. they have, a, I guess, all the cameras, like there's their yeah, CCTV. they're like, they're CCTV heavy on that. On cameras yeah. and surveillance and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I guess they keep a very, very keen eye on what everybody's doing. And it just kind of rates them to people on how they behave. Wow. That's crazy. So you're giving like a rating, you know? I mean, it's not, it's crazy. Are we in a video game? <laughs> is, this I Grand, hope not. is this Grand Theft Auto? I hope not. Damn, that would kind of, that would suck. That's that would suck. Cause they kind of walk funny. I don't know. Oh god! <laughs> well, I think, <laughs> I'm like, that I think they're more, like... more so worried about like oh, man. you like... driving crazy, flipping somebody off, maybe starting a fight. I don't think no. they'll judge you on your walk. I think oh no, right. that shit is kind of weird. That's the thing that always sticks out to me about those type of games—the way mm-hmm. that people are yeah. walking. It's just like oh. <laughs> um, oh shit! No, but shit is—it's just crazy. It's just <laughs> crazy to think how many things could be possible. I was, it just reminded me of something that I read about, um, a new, a new gun tool that is like mm. the robotic dogs now have attached guns and are now being sold. So, you know, we've seen that so much in different like mediums. The, like the, like the Boston Dynamic dogs, the ones that are like, they're, you know, you can kick them around and stuff and they'll still keep their balance and all that. Like those dogs or which ones? I don't know. I, I honestly don't even cannot even tell the label i have to look up everything again and send you the picture but it's literally like what you see in movies now being honestly sold and again it goes back to like it's not it's crazy but it's just not surprising it's like yeah we've seen it everywhere in mediums well did you ever watch uh iron man yeah are you familiar with the concept how Mm -hmm. he has jarvis and like the little thing where he can like it's like an ar world and he can like expand it right here in in front of him Mm mm-hmm well, the same way I was telling you that I was doing that with the VR headset, this one guy, and I should, I should, I should look up his name. No, he, we're, uh, we're like, we've seen this. Yeah, he, he, worked, he created this company called Slabs. And if I'm not mistaken, the technology that he has is somewhat like that. Um, his name is 
Idris Sandu. And he has like a AR thing. So the way it works is it's like a wearable tech that turns, you know, actual figures into like AR in real life, though. That's crazy. Like, and I don't know if it's like Google Docs or I don't know what it is, but he's working on something. And I feel like he's one of these entrepreneurs that we have to keep an eye on because technology is going to keep getting crazier and crazier. Like mm-hmm. the other day I saw at work, somebody had like a foldable iPhone mm-hmm. or what is it? Is it an iPhone or I Samsung think, or something? I think but it's, it's an foldable Android. phone though, right? Yeah, I think it's that an Android. I don't think crazy. that's you iPhone. Were, I have been seeing renders of phones like that since we were in high school. How they were like, oh, this we're working on this, we're working on this. Mm-hmm. That means if somebody is crazy enough to think it, Somebody it can be it. created. It can yeah, be it can be created. So yeah. like, yeah, just like you said that, you know, um, that show is kind of scary, Black Mirror. Uh-huh. It's nuts because all those dystopias are very possible. Very fucking possible. Like That's just, uh, I don't know, y'all. I don't know. It's crazy. That's just, it is. That would be a whole other world. And I don't know if I would really enjoy it. But, but think about the, yeah. I don't know, like. The amount of people who are already spending time like watching video game streamers like on stream mm-hmm. and stuff, we're not that far removed from having a big, big portion of society log in and live digital worlds. Mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, I mean, that's... I'm, they're probably almost there, to be quite honest we're, with we're you. Couple, we're, how, yeah. how, how, how much do you keep in... How much do you um, research or keep in, uh, keep up to date with what Tesla's doing, what Elon Musk is doing? I don't keep do up as much, to be you, honest with you. Well, for one, the cars are nuts. You know, because I even heard that there's like Dodges or I think Ford or something like that made an autonomous car now where they drive themselves. So Tesla's already been doing that for a while now. The cars mm-hmm. kind of drive themselves. But he has this technology called the Neuralink. Have you heard anything about it? No. Okay, so the Neuralink is... The first stages of it, I think they're trying to roll it out and give it to people who have, like, dr- uh, brain injury and stuff like that to kind of re... What would you say? Like, revitalize their brain tissue or kind of, like, re you know reconfigure, I guess, some of the stuff. I don't know how to word it properly because I'm not, a, you know, I'm not in the medical field. <laughs> but the technological things, that could, advantages or implications that it could have on society is that it could create telepathic communication for anybody who has it connected. Hmm. Okay. So can you imagine when we get to that? It goes back to Black Mirror. <laughs> All those different, you know, um, episodes that they have of individuals who are to close re- to death. I'll have and- to rewatch it. Yeah, I don't know if you remember them, but oh, I'm, I think I saw all of them, and then the Bandersnatch movie that came out too, where it's kind of like choose your own ending type movie. Yes, did and that was that crazy one? too. Yeah, yeah, it's just like when the hell did we ever think we were gonna have a movie like that? It's like Goosebumps in a movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Do you think there's gonna be more of those? Because oh, I, yes. I bet I bet people kind of complained about it, but there's a market for it. I feel like if I'm more people sure. create movies like that, I'm pretty sure there's a I just for it. I cannot even imagine. Like you said, everything that's coming out, um, I don't know. It's just mesmerizing, and things that we have yet to know and still learn. And I even think about just Apple in itself, and look at the campus that they have. Like what the. I don't know if y'all ever have looked up the campus of Apple. Mm -hmm. If you haven't, Google it, and you guys are going to be very surprised. (laughs) Very surprised just what thoughts went into it. Architecturally or? Yeah, architecturally. Like, Mm -hmm. that. it's a huge, it just, it really is. It's a huge space, and everything has its purpose, and just the way that they create. Mm -hmm. It goes back to, yeah, creativity, and going back to the arts. Mm -hmm. It's just like. It touches literally everything. You're creating things from nothing. Uh, well, okay. Speak, speaking of arts, I have to talk about this. Otherwise, people wouldn't... 
It wouldn't be an H&S episode because I talk about him almost every time. <laughs> How do you feel about what Kanye West is doing right now, shaking up the music industry a little bit? And, and by that, I mean releasing the stem player. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had kind of had a chance to mess with it around a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So he dropped this thing. It's $200. And everybody's saying, oh, how dare you over, you know, oversell something. It's an MP3 player, blah, 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 blah. But it has a lot of utility to it. You know, people can kind of mess around with it. It's almost like a DJ tool. But the real reason he did it is because for all these years now, musicians have been massively underpaid. As artists, you got to think like all the, for one, the feelings, all the the life experience that goes into writing a song. Mm-hmm. And then two, the time that it takes to, for one, record it or to you know, to finish writing it, to muster the courage, to, you know, to get it just right, to tweak it up or whatever. The, then the money that it takes to re- go to the recording studio and record that, only to release it and to get paid like a cent for every listen. Mm-hmm. It's like the music industry is kind of yeah. fucking a lot of people over it. So he's saying, all right, you buy this thing for $200. Yes, it's a lot of money, but this isn't just for me. I'm changing what is possible in the music industry. Because if I'm not mistaken, I believe he's allowing other musicians to release their music on that too. Which means circumventing, you know, the whole music industry thing. And I feel like that's genius. Because when I was thinking about it, how many streams would you as a, as a fan of, you know, let's say whoever you're a fan of, how many listens would you have to listen for them to get $200 potentially out of you? Out of a fan, somebody who supports their music. I don't know how many. It's got to be a lot. It's got to be a, a couple, like... 200-something thousand listens of one song? I mean, those equations are crazy to even think about influencers mm-hmm. and all. Like, I know you're talking about music, mm-hmm. but just thinking about all the extent of what that looks like and all the extra shit you have mm-hmm. to do on top of just not only your music because it goes into your mm-hmm. appearance, your branding, your style, you gotta... your everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only to get paid a friend. Like, if NBA Youngboy... Is a, is a rapper that's dominating YouTube. Every time you search YouTube trending, one of his songs is up there. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, I think the majority of all that money is mostly YouTube. Hmm. His cut is very little. Wow. So it's like... I don't know. It's not what it could be. Yeah. Yeah. So it's because... like whenever he's he's changing this up, I, I, I feel like I admire what he's doing. Like other people have tried to do that. There's been musicians, you know, kind of like Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey Hussle released a mixtape, I believe, while he was still around, for I think a hundred dollars a mixtape, mm-hmm. and he made like a million dollars off of selling, you know, what like a thousand dollars or something like that. I, you know, can't really do the math right off the top of my head. But there's other ways that everybody's been trying to kind of not necessarily cheat the music system, but actually get their worth for their art, for the time, for the experience, for the legacy that's going to be left behind. Mm-hmm. Because for an artist to have to rely off of like merch sales for music when they're a musician is kind of, I don't know. No, no, no. I hear, I hear what you're saying. And that's coming from somebody who, who is wanting to be a musician. <laughs> who at least wanted to for a while, but I understand how it works. I understand the music industry. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't fully understand the music industry, but just hearing what you're saying right now, like I, uh, it's translatable to all different types of mediums of arts, right? Mm-hmm. And just the things that they have to do in order to get their name out, mm-hmm. in order to get published, in order to, um, like I met a person who wrote a book, mm-hmm. uh, Chicana that wrote a book, and she couldn't get it published because nobody would get it published for her, so she had to start her own publishing industry. <laughs> you know, it just, it just goes back to like, yeah, there's so many different limitations mm-hmm. or 
things that have been done that somebody is dominated in a certain way that there's there's no um just like systematic barriers yes yes it's just because nobody else has gone to that place Mm -hmm. to create something different it's not until somebody gets to that place that opens up those doors that goes what if right Mm -hmm. But it's not only that. It's not only getting to that space. It's not only getting that mm-hmm. money. It's getting those networks. It's mm-hmm. getting those um, things set up. It's mm-hmm. all this takes a lot of work. It's all about the networks. It's all about the yep. people you know, and that's why you know that's why I'm hoping that that this podcast reaches people with uh, you know with like minds and and kindred souls, and we could at least start changing society in a positive way with the you know the tools that we have the ideas that we have you know i feel like we have a lot to offer not just you know from where we come from but also the dreams and stuff and the future that we believe in you know because i if all my dreams came true i feel like life would at least be five percent better for everybody (laughs) five percent at least for everybody or for yourself that's a a small percent five percent well i was selling myself short i ain't gonna say i ain't ain't gonna say i'm five percent well (laughs) i'm not gonna say i'm gonna give everybody utopia here but you know i'll increase life a little bit i'll at least give you guys funny content and and a network of people and just good team you know hope and aspirations Help people uh, look forward to something because that's what I'm looking forward to. I feel like that's what I that's what I lack the most on a day to day basis. So I feel like that's what I'm kind of looking forward forward to. Not necessarily the end goal, but like you said earlier in the pod, the journey and the people I'm gonna meet along the way is what I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know, you know, if it hasn't been made and you're creating it, that's gonna be the funnest thing ever too. It's just yeah, it goes back to the journey. I don't know. Just when I reflect on these different things, I'm like, yeah, there, there's been so many different pathways, so many different people, so many different ways and creations. But I think the best thing about it is just the fact that you're creating something that nobody else has created or you're putting your own spin to yeah, it. Yeah, my, you know? my own little spin to it. And, and, and it's only going to get better as it goes on. Because right mm-hmm. now I feel like this is this is version one. Once, yes. I get a, once I get my own spot and I get a team settled... We're going to do like a nice little rebrand, version 2.0. It'll be way better. But right now, it's just about building the network and just placing the flag in the ground and saying, hey, you know what? We're here. Yeah. We're here. And and that's the hardest step. And not a lot of people are willing to take that first step. Well, look, I I took the first leap January (laughs) in 2020. And I did not land until January this year. And now I'm rocking. Now I'm walking. See? It It takes time. it It took fucking time. But hey, guess what? The best things take time because that means that you're more passionate about it. That's true. And it means something. You're intentional. And you're just not throwing something out there. That's right. So. You know. Perspective. Perspective. It's all about, it's all about perspective. perspective. <laughs> Man, well, listen. I've, I've always admired your perspective. I've admired your drive. I feel like we didn't necessarily get to get to highlight a lot of uh, your great, you know, uh, accomplishments on here. But this is only episode one. You're always welcome to come back. Um at least for today, if you have anything you want to, uh, you know, any any hashtags, any links, any way people can find you or just, you know, anything you want to tell the people right before we log off. So I appreciate you coming on the podcast before we log off today. Do you have any uh, any last sign offs you want to tell everybody? Maybe something you're working on or any way somebody can find you if they want to look for you. Yeah, um, I like you said, I didn't get to talk much about my work, but if mm-hmm. you want to look up my work, you can look up urbanworks.biz.zeta. 
<laughs> and you can always look me up on Facebook, The Oslin Tot. I know that's a long name. So, yeah, look up T-O-T, T O T, like Tater Tot. <laughs> the Oslin Tot. Lynn the Oslin Tot. And you'll find me. I'm pretty sure that that long name will come up. So, yeah. And anything crazy you're working on right now that we can kind of get a little sneak, sneak peek of? Oh, man, there's a lot of different projects, but just keep your eyes out and see what's coming. Okay. And if you have any involvement in the arts, know that I am a great resource. So hit me up if you need it. Sounds good. Know that you're welcome back anytime. I appreciate you coming on. Everybody, this was episode 11 of H&S Podcast. The ball is rolling and we're not stopping because hustle culture lives strong over here. <laughs> Viva la raza. We're out of here.